Contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Got a good friend and colleague, someone I've admired for a while with me today, who broke the story of Jerry Richardson and what happened in Charlotte over these years at the Carolina Panthers and now the fallout ahead. Welcome to the program, John Wortham, my good friend from Sports Illustrated. John, great to have you. Thanks, my friend. Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's always good to have you to talk about many things. And the big news, of course, is a story you and Viv Bernstein broke for Sports Illustrated and actually released it right as the game was starting. You know, I'm at, a, at my uh, spe- specified Packer bar, ready to watch the Packers in Carolina. <laughs> You know, I'm in Philadelphia looking for the place to watch the Packers when the Eagles are on. <laughs> and, and your news drops just at kickoff. So I guess we'll start, sort of give you an open landscape. Sort of take us where it started and all the way to its conclusion for the moment uh, at noon, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Oh, man. I, I, got, I, I warn you that uh, I, I've got to be a little careful just giving sure. me the nature Understood. of this and sourcing, but uh, we, we... I'm a lawyer, tip. I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we had a tip, we pursued the tip. Uh, I, you know, Viv Bernstein, you mentioned, who was uh, sort of my, my co-conspirator on this, lives in, in Charlotte. I live in New York, so made made a few trips. And, you know, talking to... These stories are tough because it's one thing to hear something, it's one thing to catch wind of something, but right. to actually have something that's that'll stand up that, that the lawyer is going to approve. And that's, that's honest and responsible is, is something else. So it, it took some time to corroborate details and find more sources. And um, I, you know, was able to, to look at a document and it was pretty clear as talking to these, these people, these are most former employees independently that a pattern was emerging and the pan was pretty, um, you know, late last week, as we suspected they would. I mean, you make a number of calls and somebody's going to uh, say no comment and call. Right. So, you know, that's, that's totally to be expected. The Richard Nixon Friday night, uh, you know, into allegations, we, assumed, uh, I, I think fairly safely, that this was all triggered by their catching wind of our story. And then it, things really got accelerated. So Saturday morning, I sent the Panthers a detailed list of questions. Did they want to address any of the following allegations we were planning on making? I had a number of other questions. Uh, gave them a day. They responded um, you know, with, with essentially a no comment, with a statement that was basically the same statement they released earlier. And right. uh by by kickoff, um, you know there there was never a plan to oh by X day you know we were going to wait until we were ready and the lawyers had signed off on it, but um, by by Sunday as you say right around kickoff we released the uh, the story and then I mean I I be honest sort of taking myself out of the story just as a sports fan as an observer I was really surprised by the speed by by dinner time out came the announcement Jerry Richardson selling the team so. Um, you know, you, you mentioned conclusion. I'm not sure if we're there yet. I mean, every every day seems to bring another uh, twist to this, but uh, that's that's sort of the tick tock. 
Well, all your sourcing, and I know you have to be careful, but all these independent accounts of people talking in your story, I have to admit, John, when I sort of saw the thing Friday night, as you said, the Nixonian statement about workplace misconduct, I'm like, okay, you know, 80-year-old man said some things, you know, he's give him a break. And then I'm like, whoa, you read you and Viv's story, it is so detailed, mm-hmm. With all the, you know, just take one or two things on its own without telling women I'd like to shave your legs, the foot fetishes, the seatbelt brushing up against their chests, the, uh, the the back rubs that go a little too low. Uh, that's just kind of the, the physical. But then you guys detail in such great uh, way the, the, the sort of vocal, the verbal, uh, and the mister... And it just seems like a uh, a culture that existed for quite some time that was never really exposed. Yeah, you know, it was tough to talk about the timing. So the, the backstory is a lot of this, um, you know, as, as we've seen in other cases lately, there the existence of, of non-disclosure agreements and right. confidential settlements. And so one thing that did is it made it very hard to sort of talk about the timing. Hmm. Because that might uh, that that might expose sources and, and who reached these confidential settlements when. But no, I, I think the inferences that I'm glad you reached were there. It's not like this all happened with an 80 year old man, you know, a few months ago. I mean, clearly this has been systemic and systematic. And we found, you know, I it, it never been reported. I'll, I'll tell you a few things. One of them is is I, I had found a, a case from the mid 90s in Alabama where Jerry Richardson was personally named as an actor in a racial bias and retaliation case. Mm. And it settled. The lawyer that did the case, a civil rights lawyer in Alabama, said it settled for her. Her quote was an insub- not, not insubstantial amount. Right. So it's the same pattern of, of behave badly and settle. How You, you kind of wonder, um, why didn't this ever come? Here was a guy applying to be an expansion team owner. This was before the Panthers had played their first game. You know, these these teams, there's a scarcity uh, right. issue here. These, these teams, I mean, it's, it's a real privilege to own an NFL team. How did this not come up by a guy who's trying to get a team? But uh, so, so, you know, that, my point is that was also more than 20 years ago. So this, this was I, – I think we established a pattern here. The other thing, too, you, you mentioned the word workplace misconduct. Um, I, I was offended by that term, honestly. Mm. Um, I, I say this as a journalist who's supposed to be, uh, but I, I think of the people that came forward. Imagine if you're the African-American scout who was called a racial epithet to his face by the owner. Yeah. Who then left the team, had to leave the team, you know, liked his job, had to get out of football, have one of these settlements. That's something besides workplace misconduct is, you know, that's stealing office supplies or you know, fudging time cards. Right. Um, if you're, if, if you're the, the man that's been called a, uh, a racial epithet and essentially now doesn't work in the same place he used to, I, I think you're thinking this goes a little bit beyond workplace misconduct. Yeah. And I shared with you my experience with Richardson, kind of a presence in meetings. They held him up, as you noted, as the owner, only owner that played. Uh, he was in all the CBA negotiations. He was the most hawkish. You detail uh, a well-reported fact that he said to Peyton Manning something about, can't you read a spreadsheet, son, or something like that. And, you know, then I just, I guess what I'm saying is I sort of think about all these things and say, yeah, I mean, I didn't see really racial or sexist, but I saw kind of an attitude. And, uh, and I guess that pervaded into more personal aspects. 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you some ironies. You, you mentioned he was the only former player among the owners. Um, you know, George Hallis was the first, Jerry Richardson the second. Right. Jerry Richardson left the NFL over a labor dispute with his owner <laughs> who wouldn't pay him $10,000. He would only pay him 9750 So Jerry Richardson leaves the NFL, walks away over 250 bucks because of an owner he thinks is, is sort of untenably stingy. Wow. And then Jerry Richardson turns around and, and is, you know, tearing down uh, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, telling them they don't know how to read spreadsheets. The other thing is an owner who cares this much about containing costs. And, you know, it, it's not just the, the role he took in the, in the labor negotiations. It was also someone who basically invented the personal seat license. This is someone who got, you know, $87.5 million out of the city of Charlotte for a six-year tether not to move the team. Somebody who's this cost-conscious then behaves badly and because of his own conduct allegedly is cutting these significant confidential settlements. Um, I, I did not write about this. This was a news story and not a column, but right. um, I, I would think that uh, somebody with opinions might uh, have some material to work with here. Well, and the other part I've shared with you about my experience being in the league 10 years and seeing the Richardsons, I use the plural because he had two sons working for the team. One, seemed to be running the business side, one more on kind of operations. And all of right. a sudden, John, they weren't around. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? And word came out cryptically that he just fired them. And they couldn't get along. And he said, if you can't get along, you're both out. So the natural progression would have been, okay, these sons take over the team, but now they're left in the lurch. And Tina Becker, the COO, is now running the team for the interim book. But that fact has been obscured as well. He had a succession plan, and they're out. Yeah, this this was, uh, I believe, in 2009, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I heard the same story you did. You have two sons. I mean, un unfortunately, we should mention this. One of them is now deceased, unfortunately. Yes. But um, he basically said, forget it. You two can't get along. I'm, I'm selling this thing. And now... I, you know, you, you, you pity the city of Charlotte that you support this team and you don't just support it by going to the games and buying the jerseys. You're financially supporting it. And now because of the owner's misconduct, who, I mean, you, you hope just as a, as a human being who likes fairness, you hope it stays in Charlotte, but it's entirely possible a new buyer comes along and doesn't want to keep it in North Carolina. And then suddenly an NFL team's leaving a market because of the owner's bad judgment. Yeah. That doesn't seem quite right. And I'll spin it forward with the last question in a minute. But I do want to ask you, in your research and you and Viv and your story putting it, putting it together, I want to give you the opportunity to say, or I guess give Richardson the opportunity with you, with you saying, did you talk to people that defended him? Did you talk to people that said, no, all this is just, you know, an old man being an old man, nothing, nothing, never touched anyone? I mean, did you find any of that in your reporting? You know, it's it's a little like, um, I mean, it's it's tough because it's, you know, you, you wouldn't have quoted someone saying, like, I never had a problem with Harvey Weinstein. I mean, I, I think right. we had a lot of people saying essentially what the player said, which is, I can only judge him by how he treated me. And we had a number of people say, basically, I heard things, but I never saw anything. Mr. Richardson was good to me. Mr. was good to me. And I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it, 
because something didn't happen to you, it doesn't invalidate what happened to others. Right. The other thing that was a little tricky, I'm going to just be totally, totally honest. The, little, the only thing that was a little tricky was you couldn't tell anyone really what you were necessarily working on until you reached a certain threshold with them, right? I you wouldn't see. go up to a player and say, hey, I'm working on a story. You know, hey, hey, I'm working on a story about uh, Jerry Richardson's alleged sexual harassment and racism. Do you like the guy? You, you wouldn't <laughs> say that, right? right? But if you went up to Cam Newton and said, what's your experience with Jerry Richardson? I, I thought it would be unfair to include I – mean, I'd say that hypothetically. But if you don't tell people what the basis of the story is, it would be a little unfair to include a glowing quote alongside all this damning material. So if you didn't – I mean, it was it was sort of a tough needle to thread because right. you couldn't necessarily reveal what the basis of the story was, but also it wouldn't have been fair to the subject if if I'm mean, this is totally hypothetical. But if Greg Olson said, "Oh, he's a great guy and he's really helped my family," you don't want to have paragraphs and paragraphs of damning information. And then here comes Greg Olson as a character witness, not realize what he's stepping into. So it was, um, you know, I mean, we've seen this Jerry Jones and uh, to, to some extent Ron Rivera. I mean, people have come out and spoken favorably of. Richardson, and that's fine. But I, I thought um, I, I'm not sure this was a story that called for that. I'm not sure because you've had a fine experience with him, or you never saw anything personally. I, I don't think that invalidates the other allegations. Yeah, and now this warp speed you mentioned, where he he puts out an announcement dinner time on Sunday. I'm selling the team. Obviously, it's going to take months. I know how much vetting they have to do financially and personally. But I guess the question to me, John, is, you know, the NFL takes over this investigation from the law firm. What are we looking for there? Because now you talk about precedent. I'm a lawyer. You know, we're lawyers. We know there's skeletons in these other owners' closets, not only NFL, but NBA, MLB, and NHL, etc. Is this going to set a standard for this is what you do with owners that have these skeletons in their closets? So I think this gets tricky ahead. I, I think it's it's really tricky, and I think there's an interesting – I mean, I think there's some sort of interesting philosophical issues about the role of a general counsel, for example. Um, you know, an, an NDA, a confidential settlement, is a contract. It's not uh, – you know, two people are entering into this voluntarily. Right. Um, these, these are enforceable. They're legal. Um, if you are drafting a nondisclosure agreement – and if, you, if it's your boss's bad conduct that triggered this, I, I'm not sure that's necessarily a skeleton in the closet. I mean, I think that's that's the way you deal with this. So I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, even if Jerry Richardson sold the team by dinner time, I think the NFL still continues. But I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what is, you know, people placed in an unfortunate situation doing their jobs within a franchise versus, you know, aiding and abetting and cover-ups and, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, I, it'll, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I make no judgments, but it will be very interesting to see what the NFL, uh, what they do, where they decide lines are to be drawn. And, and then what you say, exactly. I mean, if, if you're going to do it here, I, I don't necessarily think this is a, I, mean, I, I don't know, you know this, this was an extraordinary set of circumstances in a lot of ways from the fact that it was for a long time the only market in the city, that Jerry Richardson was a former player, that it sort of had this, this hands-on approach, but, um, you know, put it this way, as we've seen with so many other of these Me Too cases, um, there tend to be more than one in a single industry, put it that way. And spinning forward quickly, the uh, 
you know, the last sale, Terra Pagula, $1.4 billion with the Bills. Do you think this, I mean, obviously, there are billionaires out there that want NFL franchise. This scarcity creates value. Uh, Two-part question. One, do you think this holds value above $2 billion or perhaps beyond? And two, do you, I'm sort of getting to your comment about the city of Charlotte, because to me, there's nothing left in the country. I mean, they're not going back to St. Louis. Team's not going back to Oakland. The team's not going back to San Diego. Toronto experiment failed with Buffalo. Toronto, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't yeah. see, you know, so I don't see Charlotte having to worry too much because I don't see the options. I mean, I, I think you answered the question, though, with um, scarcity creates value. That yeah. so often these purposes aren't, they're not about multiples and they're not about, oh, the media rights deal might not be what it is this time. It's Steve Bombers, however, you know, Steve Bombers, 60 years old. He's he's worth how knows how many billion twenty five billion and if he has yeah. to overpay he's worth twenty five billion and if he has to be worth twenty three billion but own a two billion dollar team yeah he'll make that deal and I and I think that um, you know on, on paper you sort of do the back of the envelope you know P and L multiple math and and you wonder how these franchises keep appreciating but uh, especially in this like uncertain time of media rights but I think you said it there's so few of these that come up. I mean, look, look, by Sunday night, uh, you know, Did, Oprah Diddy? and, Diddy yeah. and, and, yeah. and uh, you know, Steph Curry. Colin um, Kaepernick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, these, um, these are so scarce, and, and there's such currency that comes with owning a team that, um, yeah, if, if a guy worth $25 billion has got to pay $500 million more than book value, that's, um, you know, that, that's a check he's willing to cut. John, great piece, as always. Your work is always stellar. One of my favorite writers and one of my favorite people. John Wertheim, thanks for being on The Business of Sports. Right back at you. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.